you're it's just killing not it though. Fast enough. Well, for I'm you. excited to see the buttons. Oh yeah, we do have some buttons. Actually, let's just uh, let's just get started with the show, guys, because we're recording right now. Why not? Everybody, welcome to the show. This is Deep Thinkers and Beer Drinkers. I'm Jim Witter, and this is Gabe Freyer. And we have on a guest today. Her name is Katie. <laughs> that is so cool. Welcome to the podcast, Katie. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, how do we know Katie? So our previous guest on episode three, Jake Bartunic is friends with Katie from college. They both went to Midland and played. Uh, they were both collegiate athletes at Midland. Okay. Is there more to it than that, or is that enough? No, that's enough. That's enough. Okay. Um, we also have a special beer that was recommended by... My own fiance, Kalia. She likes these. Uh, it's by Glacial Till, and it's a craft cider. And I bought the strawberry rhubarb, which I'm a fan of. And then the other one is a... Passion Pineapple. And the Passion Pineapple is cold-pressed. If you want a white woman to buy anything, just say cold-pressed on the label, and they buy that shit up. <laughs> what is cold-pressed? I don't know, but white women buy the fuck out of it. I know that. And the other one says seasonal, which is another trigger or buzzword for, for uh, you know, women. Women of white. You're always talking about these white women. Katie, do you have... Because it's the last person Katie, you're, you're allowed to hate woman. on. I mean, I'd probably buy this if I saw this at the store. I, exactly. And I'm not hating, like, white women for doing it. I would I'm just saying, like, if you want to sell stuff to men, put boobs on it. If you want to sell stuff to white women, put seasonal or cold press. That's mm. all I'm saying. It works. That's the dichotomy. Don't blame me. Blame corporate America because they're the ones doing it and making money. I just notice it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let me crack this strawberry rhubarb. I would definitely buy something with strawberry rhubarb anything. I love strawberry rhubarb. Well, I just heard that word for the first time today. Do you know what rhubarb is? I don't know what rhubarb is. Rhubarb, that is a good beer. I like it. Rhubarb is an old person plant, and the only reason I say that is because the only people I know who grow it are like old farmer people who moved into town. And it's basically just a, it's almost like a celery stalk, but it's very bitter. And essentially, you know, if you lived out on the farm, you could go harvest the rhubarb and then just dip it in sugar and you could eat it off the stalk like a celery stick. But a scent, but also you can cut up the rhubarb into like finer pieces, just chop it up and you can cook it into pies. Like you have strawberry rhubarb pie is a very popular thing or rhubarb uh, cobbler. <laughs> I didn't know that either. That blows my mind. I love it. Is every are we all drinking? I guess when we crack the the pineapple, the passion pineapple. Up. I already tried the pineapple. Well, well you have, that. but you cheated. That. You cheated. You tried it before we started. It was delicious. Yeah, it was. the The strawberry rhubarb is very good, though. <laughs> I so it because you did, I'd probably go for the passion pineapple though. I could buy salt in the store. Yeah, I, I mean, like me, I just like I have to. I have to try everything once, except crystal meth. That's where I draw the line. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Katie, let's let's get into it. You are a teacher. You teach children about sixth grade, correct? Yeah, I teach sixth grade English. Okay, and they're not just sixth graders. They are the sixth graders with behavioral issues, correct? Yes, I'm a behavior interventionist. So are you? So you're? I mean, like you're stern, right? And or or just super patient, or both? Uh mixture of both. Okay. So it's not just behavior kids that are in my room. I have I inclusion, so I have both. Okay. Okay. So you probably have some like 
some experiences or stories with like kids. I mean, cause there's always like the kids these days. Like, do, do you, do you believe that kids are worse now? Or is that just like, there's always like the kids that are troublemakers or. I mean, that did not happen when I was in school. Some of the stuff that I'm seeing today did not happen when I was in school. In did my you, experience. Did you go to school in a city in, or did you go to school in like a small town? I don't even know where you went to high school. Right. So I am actually teaching in the same district that I went to high school, though it's on the other side of town. So I went to, I'm from Omaha. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I, so you went to school in Omaha. So it's it's probably a, uh, like an apples to apples comparison. Um. Yes and no. So I was more out west. I'm at a school that's um, more lower income. Okay. Now. Okay. Um, but no, the behaviors are definitely more extreme. And but, oh, go but ahead, I mean, Jim. wouldn't you wouldn't you think that because it's a, a lower income that there might be more behavioral issues because of where they come from, the environment and everything. Absolutely. It's completely linked with home life. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a stressful, other. if you have a stressful home life, you might be a little more troubled in school, especially you have trouble paying attention or taking directions or just taking criticism, you know, at all as a kid. Absolutely. Do you get what kind of back? I mean, are the parents involved? Or do you have a good backing of the parents? Are the parents always complaining about their grades or maybe the discipline, disciplinary actions you're taking against some of the troublemakers? Like, what do you, what's the feedback from the parents? I mean, that's probably more of a student to student thing. But um, for the most part, I would say I don't like we had conferences over Zoom, which was bizarre. That's just probably the 2020. 2020- not madness that went on last right, year. Right, but yeah. I might have, like, I have probably a total of 80 students, a little over 80. I had 10 parents show up to conferences. Yeah. I um, wish we had yeah. Zoom conferences when I was in school because my parents wouldn't have known how to get on, and I would have just hired, like, a gas station clerk for 50 bucks to pretend to be my dad for student-parent conference, or parent-teacher parent conference. There we go. Yeah, what about you as a student? Would you have logged on to Zoom? I still have students that... Like oh, crazy. No. no, I'm simply uh, saying Taylor, I have to be right back because I have to go let my cat out. <laughs> <laughs> so Doesn't come back. How, how many months did you do the virtual learning? We're still doing. I mean, they get the choice. So I have to I do both at the same time. So there's like a camera on you and then there's like some students just in the. Yeah, which is super awesome as a behavioral interventionist teacher with some of the things that come flying around my room. Yeah. Also being on camera at all times. Yeah. That's I couldn't imagine there. that. Yeah. yeah, you were worried about a podcast. You're every day, every day, every day. You're me. on camera, yes. just teaching kids. Yeah. Yes. If I were in school during this time, I would be able to pay attention. Like I've done some online classes during college, and it's impossible. Like you know, you immediately zone out. There's just no connection. There's there's nothing that replaces being there in person and having somebody talk to you like lecture face to face right what these are sixth graders right on top of that yeah sixth graders in a time where technology just constantly asks for your attention so they probably have whatever phones or if they're on their their computer it's not that hard to learn how to escape like escape the system and you know put up a different browser on the side has, has any kid put a cardboard cutout like he's paying attention or like <laughs> um I've once again pays the gas station pictures. clerk to sit in i've had people use pictures of themselves as like their background 
Or like so it looks like they're there. How long did you catch it right away? No, I think I went the entire class period. That's see. Them. Oh my god. Maybe being a kid these days would be. I'm seeing like I was. A, full disclosure, I was the kid that you would not have liked as a as a teacher, especially at that age. And so I'm thinking in my adult brain, that's smarter than my sixth grade self. Some would argue that you know how I could like beat the system, and that was like my first thought. And so that's funny that kids are in fact doing that. Right, and I mean like. Not going to lie, majority of the time, I, my intention is not on Zoom. It's on my classroom. Right, as it should be. Right. As it should mm-hmm. be. I had a good one the other week, or last week. I had a parent unmute themselves and start chewing me out because they had um, a kid. Oh, there was two kids on Zoom. And I have one kid, um, not going to say his name. Right, right. But one kid on there, and he's trying to tell me that he's going to start going by a different name now. And is it is it also a different gender yes. name? Okay, okay. Got to deal with that too. Yep. So he wants to he wants to start going by this other name, and I told him, okay, but you first have to get that approved for the school. I am not going to call you a name that is not okay with your parents. I need mm-hmm. parent permission to do that. And this other parent got nosy, unmuted herself, and just starts chewing me out. Well, we can call her Karen, though, right? Definitely. That's we a can Karen call, move. That is 100% a Karen move. <laughs> That's a Karen move. Right? I yeah. was like, well, no, you can call my administration if you have a problem. And I just... Well, what was she out. calling you out on? What was she... What was her objection? How if he wants to be called by this name, I should re- respect his opinion and how insens- incredibly insensitive I am being. Right. And... And then started cussing me out in front of my class. So then, like, all my students are, like, looking at me wide-eyed. Like, actually, oh she was gosh. actually cussing in front of the kids. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, That's not a impossible. Karen. That's a Becky. Yeah. No. And then I apologize to my <laughs> class. And then they're all like, oh, it's something we've never heard. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's just incredible to me. Because, for one, like, I came from a school where my parents, if the teacher said something, it was law. I mean, if I tried to say something back against the teacher, I was getting smacked that day. Which is just laughable now. Like yeah. that, that is not no, not no, a no, concept no. that I'm seeing. Like, I'm not going to say all parents because I do have some some parents that are super supportive. Right. But we're, we're going to talk about the parents that aren't tonight, though. So shout out to the parents <laughs> that are supportive of teachers as they should be. But tonight, today, let's bitch about the Karens of the world. Oh, so. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's insane, though. Yeah. But just to undermine your authority in your own class without taking you to the side is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, how many kids, I mean, do you just have one in your class that's like kind of in that trans category then? Or like how many in the school are kind of like in that category? I have four for sure that have openly had the discussion with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... We have some students that are very, like, it's to the point where they question all the time because it's thrown in their face all the time. So I think they're constantly questioning yeah. themselves. That's a real thing. That's oh, a, I think it's trendy now. I think there's something yes. to be, I, I, and I would even go as far as saying, and, and full, I, you have to do these uh, disclosures because I'll get hate mail. I think there are people who are truly gay and lesbian. I think that's a real thing. I think there's no problem with that. But I also think in a time where it's celebrated, I also think there are people who are confused that think they're gay or lesbian for a certain time in their life because it became so normal. And I think the same thing is happening with trans. I think there are people who are like, 
Like, I mean, it's normal to be confused and lost and not know who you are when you're a sixth grader. So I think there are people who just kind of like find a home in these like labels and identities. Yeah. And they're not necessarily gay, trans or, you know, fill in the blank. I mean, not that they're not real things, though. I just think that like because it's become so powerful of a movement and like celebrated and it's like there's no shame in being who you are. It's like there's just kids that just kind of like it's a phase or they try it or fall into. Well, I mean, shouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm not. I, I'm just saying, like, it, I've seemed to notice that. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I mean, I I think it could be potentially dangerous if you go down the road of giving a child puberty blockers because when they were in sixth grade, they thought they were a woman. That's where I draw the line. But I mean, if a kid just like I'm a girl now, it's like you know, cool. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be like you know, like a pickup or something. I don't know. <laughs> I thought I thought I was a lot of different things when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> it's cool. That, it's it's a it's a fun time. But like I, where I'm saying I draw the line is giving a child puberty blockers that would permanently change his development in life forever. Well, I also think it's dangerous. Like right now, the big thing is anime. They're all obsessed with anime, and then they go on YouTube and then they listen to people talk about anime. And I have been showed videos by my students of people who are then talking about um, if you feel uncomfortable in your own body and if you feel um, just lost, you are probably the wrong gender. Mm-hmm. And that's that's very impressionable right. for kids who are, first of all, obsessed with anime, then watching all these videos of people that they look up to that are then telling them, you're the wrong gender. Because kids are susceptible to believing that, and and it's like a trend. Right, right. Like, right. You know, That's where I think words are kind of dangerous, yeah. too. I listened to emo music when I was in sixth grade, but, like, you know, I just grew out of it. And, like, you know, they were like, definitely kill yourself. And I was like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. No. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely disingenuous to have somebody tell you, like, if you feel uncomfortable, then, you know immediately you jump to this conclusion that oh you're you're transgender your your sexuality is wrong or something like that that's it's very disingenuous and presumptuous to right. to or lead kids down that path <laughs> right. that is awkward not you to say comfortable. not to say that there are some kids who might feel that way and that might be a uh, appropriate diagnosis of of what they're going through but you know to for to give kids that conclusion immediately is just is just inappropriate. Yeah, they're they're susceptible to to it. Right. I didn't know. I didn't realize it tied in with the anime thing. And then there's well, like all okay. these YouTubers. I, that that I mean, do you have any more on that, or is that like I enjoy anime a lot, so I'm very interested. Like, where is this coming from? Uh, these are just videos that my students are showing me. So it's it's they watch YouTube videos of people talking about anime. I mean, on, and a lot of these ammo an, anime. Like influencers, I guess I'll call them, are like kind of like dabbling in the transgender world or are transgender themselves. Yes. There's a lot of, there's actually a lot of anime characters that are specifically designed to be sexually ambiguous. So you might have a character throughout a lot of shows that don't necessarily fit into the category of male or female. And they're very, uh, they're very kind of either or. So you could picture them as a female or as a male character. And I think that's designed, you know, kind of in part to be inclusive. And it's 
been like that for a long time. It's not like a new fad. I think in Jap in Japan, it's a lot more of a gender a fluid society. Kind of, yeah. Right. They're a little more open about it, I think. So that's why they create characters like this. So it, it would kind of make sense that there's a following of of transgender influencers who might be encouraging of that. Yeah. I mean, I know people who have like kids that are trans or it, it's like it's like it, it's some it's weird though as us because we're still young, right? We're all in our like late twenties. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, we're all. I'm 27. You're you're 27, right? I'm 24. Oh well. Well, okay. So we're all in our mid to late twenties. I just assumed we were the same age. It's not that you look 27 when you're. See, you assume. Full disclosure. (laughs) She looks 24. Everyone. She looks 24. But uh, yeah, it's like we were not in high school or junior high that long ago. I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday, and it wasn't. It's just weird. Like I can still understand the mind of a child. Like I don't want to be that adult. It's like adults don't understand. Like I understand. Like high school sucked ass. Junior high sucked ass. But like that wasn't even a thing. I mean, your mind was still developing like five years ago. Dude, dude my mind. Did you go to a big high school though? Like it was totally a thing at my high school. Well, I, I went, went to, to school. So school. I went to. I actually got to experience both sides. I went to a big school in Chicago. In freshman sophomore year and then i went to a school of like 23 in my class in nebraska so i actually got to experience high school from both extremes of the fence and i don't i mean we definitely like in chicago like we definitely had kids that were gay and it was just like whatever they're gay and like our parents were you know there was obviously like everyone knows bigoted parents or maybe had them but like we didn't like that was the thing when i was in school it was like well we don't care if you're gay but now it's like trans is like the next thing and it's like becoming super common. Mm, I mean, how common? Apparently that she, I mean, Jim, we just I talked mean, about that. She has six students. Four that are question, like question their sexuality or their, their sexual gender. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Well, there was a podcast that I was listening to. I really want to look it up right now, but it was very interesting because it was about this researcher who was looking into uh, the rates of of children who are starting to question their sexuality and starting to identify as a gender that's not associated with their biological uh, sex. And it's increasing at like an astronomical rate. And they find that it happens most times when there's somebody who first comes out, you know, in the school. And now it becomes kind of a, uh, earworm, you know, am I transgender as well? So it brings up all these questions. So it's, it's interesting because how much of that is just outside influence that's making them question it and how much of it is actually a feeling of, of, uh, I don't know what you want to say, dysphoria or just feeling like you, you don't belong in this body or something's different about you. Right. My thing is I almost want to – I would love to see a study of this. I haven't seen a study of this. But, like, is there a link between this and mental health that's going on in our schools? Like, my – I think that's our number one problem right now in our sixth grade class is these sixth graders are really struggling mental health. Like, really struggling. I didn't even understand. I didn't know what depression was when I was in sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And these kids throw that word around a lot. I'm depressed. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's screen time as a big I think there's a lot of studies that show screen time has developing effects on children's mental health and 
I mean, that's got to be the common denominator. Yeah, I think there's just multiple factors that play, especially in a large city. I think it, it's different when you're kind of in an isolated bubble. You know, like I grew up in a very small town, you know, maybe 2,000, 3,000 people. And it felt like, you know, the world was small. But as a kid in a city, you know, you kind of realize this daunting world that you're existing in. And it can emotionally just feel damning almost, I feel like. Especially if you don't have a good home life, if you feel like school isn't doing much for you. It's just, it's de- it is depressing. I could see how that would be, you know, a, a point of contention in their lives. You know, I just want to point out, Jim... This is a running joke. Sorry if you feel excluded, Katie. I just want to point out that we didn't have depression and transgender issues when kids were in factories. Oh, my God. That's my only point. Katie. You're right. I do feel excluded. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. We don't worry. Do. I don't worry. I just I didn't think I've said anything offensive enough to get the hate. Feelings mu- mutual. I'm just saying you show me the no, we'll we'll get off of it. He has this running joke where he brings up child labor laws and he ruin this that, country. Ruin the country. He thinks that we should send <laughs> children back to work into factories. Is basically the premise of the joke. I mean, seriously, I mean, like they're they're cheap. They're cheap. Yeah, they there's are help cheap. wanted signs everywhere. Put the kids to work. Yeah. Okay, Gabe. That's a that's a great idea. You know what you hard labor taught me? You know what hard labor taught me? Who I am. And how to get shocked on an electric panel. That I panel. am. What? And how to get shocked on an electric panel. Yeah, man. That'll wake your ass. Everyone's like, I drink energy drinks. Like, I just get shocked, man. It wakes your ass up. Oh, my God. Uh, but, okay, so while we're on the topic of transgender, and obviously, like, I, I think, I think full disclosure, I think we're all on the same page. We all think that there's nothing wrong with what people want to do with their own bodies, right? I, I, when it comes to transgenders, I, like, Cool, right? Like, do whatever you want. Right. I think we're all on the same page. But there is a gray area when it comes to sports, especially with biological born males who are now transgender women competing in women's sports. The right. the, the, the the lines get blurred of, is it fair? You know, because, like, in men's sports, or not, or just in all sports, we have rules against, um, like, testosterone replacement therapy, steroids, and like there's there's all these ways that people, you know, quote unquote cheat and that we've we've make rules to try and keep the the baseline fair. So that's why I wanted to talk about today, especially with Katie here, who is a you coach high school softball, softball right? And you were a collegiate athlete softball player yourself. And so, like, what do you think? How do you think we should approach letting transgender like where do you think the place of transgender women in female sports should be? I mean, you did say it yourself is. Like men's sports has different rules of, um, what did you say? Sorry. So, well, so there. I mean, I gave the example of testosterone replacement therapy. Right. Like you so that's can't... what I'm. And men already have testosterone, and if you're not not taking anything before puberty, you've are you're already bigger and stronger than girls. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and and this is I think this is super appropriate that we bring this up now because. This the the Olympics is coming up. It's going to be in Tokyo, and this is the first Olympics that transgender women will get to compete in. And and there's there's a weightlifter who actually qualified to compete mm-hmm. from New Zealand. Uh, her name is Laurel Hubbard. She 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 uh, her qualifying lift was fourth. But this is essentially a woman who lived as a man for thirty five years, 
transitioned, and I don't know to the extent of her transition. I don't I don't know how far she went. Um, but she is now 44, I want to say now, and she's been competing since 2012 and qualified for the Olympics because the new 2016 Olympic guidelines allow people who have not transitioned to compete, and all they have to do is be on testosterone therapy for um, at least a year, and you have to have your levels below 10 nano moles per liter. Now, I want to put this in perspective because I, I looked this all up uh, ahead of time, and so I want to put the whole nanomoles um, in perspective. The average female athlete has a testosterone level of 0.12 to 1.79 nanomoles. Am I saying that right, Nurse Jim? Uh, Nanomoles per liter? Yeah, but I think your numbers are off. Well, this is according to a study, um, the IAAF, a study that was commissioned by the IAAF, which is the International Association of Athletics Federation. And that's the average amount of testosterone for, for female athletes? Yes. Mm, yes. To me, 90, okay, no, no. So it says, it says, not, okay, here's another study that came. I think that's just for females in general. It says 90% of female athletes have around 3 nanomoles per liter. 3 nanomoles per liter. 3 nanomoles. Mm. See, the sources that I was, I was looking up just off the cusp. So um, the average for a man is 280 to 1,100. And no, no, that, I don't think you're on the same measurement. Me- metric, right? You're not. You're not on nanomoles per liter because men. So to put that in perspective, when I said 0.12 to 179, the average male has 7.7 to 29.4. Oh, okay, okay. So okay, so you were probably. I don't know if it was measured by the liter then on your scale. So it was probably just a different metric. But, yeah. So ten. So what I'm getting at, and all that scientific bullshit that I just stated, and that was, you know, I just quoted my source. What it, I guess the bottom line is, is that even if these these transgender athletes come under the 10 nanomoles leader, they're still triple what the average is. Okay. And not to mention lung capacity. Bone structure. Bone structure I, 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 there, I don't know if there's a way to make it fair to skip male puberty. You know, I mean, it's a completely different conversation if they like are transgendering kids from a young age and they skip pu- I mean and that yes. I don't even want to go down that route. No, not at all. That's but I'm saying where we're at now is this is a guy who he was a gr- I mean he was a man for 35 years. I'll honor that he's a woman now. We'll just go I'll go along with it. But it's like I don't I, I mean like he's in his 40s or she's in his 40s. Do you think he would be competing with males at a high at the Olympic level? Could anyone compete at the Olympic level in their 40s in weightlifting? Oh gosh! So it's like the fact that he's like, okay, well, I'm a female now. Well, what's the what's the average age for Olympic lifters? It's got to be in the 20s through and, and maybe low yeah. 30s. Do you really? I I don't have that on me, but okay. like, th- just use your common sense, Jim. Is no, there? But I do think that they're like it, lifting is one of those sports that you can go and you can have a pretty high. Uh, you you can do it your whole life, but I'm saying when you're 40, do you have the edge to compete against a guy who's 25? Uh, I think so. In weightlifting. I don't I don't I don't think the numbers the statistics would support that. I don't think when you're 25 that you've had the I mean weightlifting is a long like like you said they can go long years you know being physically fit and able to compete in weightlifting. 
I don't think 25 but, but, is necessarily. But 40, 40, you have, I mean, if unless you're on TRT or taking steroids, you have a severe disadvantage I just against think that's the a, guy in his I just 20s. I think that's a gross assumption to, to I, say that. I would love to look it up after this podcast and show you that. I'm not really my, sure age has much to do with it. Yeah. Really? No, I mean, like, even your point you're trying to make we right talk now, about it's the, not really your age, though. It's the fact that he's, or she's a man. Oh, and this, and for the transgender case, I was just saying in general. I, I know, I'm just for your transgender case. I'm not sure if age really has plays a, that big of a role. Well, I was just saying if he was competing as a man, he would have no we're chance. Doing horrible. It's she, right? She, yeah, yeah. I know we're all. I was talking that. about if if he in his 30s. I was talking about like I guess like if he didn't I transition know. I know. and he was or she was competing against men Side when bar, he was still I a man. I just watched um, Caitlyn Jenner on Hannity on Wednesday. Did you see that? I saw. I have a quote from Jen or Jenner. I don't. She interviewed with Hannity about her run for governor in yeah. California. She did. She crushed it. Um, but she <laughs> even said too, like her mom accidentally misgenders her all the time. We'll yeah. call her, and he's she's. I just did it. Yeah, she's like it's not offensive to me. Well, she's it, like I understand. Yeah, but what's funny is Which makes me feel better. It's funny. I, I do that all often. It's funny you bring up Caitlyn because Caitlyn said. Or has publicly stated that she opposes biological boys competing in women's sports. Right. right. And, like, she's kind of the face of the transgender movement. And, and and when she was Bruce in the past, in the past tense, he Bruce was one of the best male athletes to ever exist. I mean, if anyone knows yeah. that a male, a genetic male has a biological advantage, it should be Caitlyn. Right. And even she knows that you lose the privilege to compete at that high of a level against women if you were born a man. I do think that's a that's a really good point that you bring up because what if Bruce, you know, back in his day had transitioned to Caitlyn as she is today and then started competing in female sports in the female Olympic contest, you know, wouldn't that just be somewhat you, no matter who you are, you can agree that there's something. I don't think there's any real that. difference between men and women, Jim. None. I mean, I mean that's Rachel McKinnon's excuse. That's Rachel McKinnon is a transgender woman who wins uh, world titles in cycling. Who used who was born oh, a man? She in Canada. I think she is Canadian. Yep, yep. I watched her. She, yeah. She, I mean, obviously, she is killing it in the circuit because she's was born a dude, mm-hmm. and it's like. Dave Chappelle used my favorite example. Dave Chappelle wrote a joke about it, but he's like, what if LeBron James just said, I'm a woman and went to the WNBA? It'd be ridiculous. He'd be score. Dave, I quote, he'd be scoring 800 points a game. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's a, it's a joke, but it's like what you can't choose an identity that has virtually no rules. We have to have some kind of boundaries. And there's a gray area when you can just essentially say, I'm a woman, do a therapy treatment to get your nanonomes down to 10 which isn't even that low nanomoles nanomoles yeah <laughs> nanomoles it, it's like there has to be rules and it's like i don't want to exclude trans people it's not i'm not anti-trans but like at some point like you're it's you're almost anti-women if you allow this to happen and i i do want your perspective on that because yeah, no, it doesn't I affect it me absolutely destroy women's sports um i know there was that story in kentucky there was that story in Kentucky where um, I think they ended up suing um, mm. because there was two biological men that ran track in high school. Mm-hmm. One, it took two, like one first and second. So then 
this first six or whatever place for the next meet. And so, so essentially whoever two got women, two women yeah. that they took two women's spots. Yeah. Right? And that was high school. That was high school. Mm-hmm. And then I that, think it was like, Connecticut. Was, was it Connecticut? It? I don't mm-hmm. know where it was. Yeah. Kentucky and Connecticut. Same thing. Oh, yeah. And what? Then you're talking about women who aren't getting seen for scholarships and mm-hmm. right. I, I you would think more feminists would actually be up in arms about that. this, yeah, because it's essentially men, and especially so in combat. There's been cases in combat sports actually, which I think is the most lethal version of this. Yeah, that's horrible. It's like you're essentially cheering on men beating the shit out of women, and then like feminists are like they have to be intersectional. You know, like there's all politics on the left is all intersectional. So it's like feminists can't go against the LBGTQ and vice versa. And so it's like you're 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 literally looking the other way while women are getting the shit kicked out of them or losing scholarships, right? And being negatively impacted because you don't want to piss anyone off. It's like there's no principle anymore. Well, I don't think people are looking the other way. It's definitely I do. making I do. it's definitely making news though. Like how did you hear about Two high school athletes from Connecticut. It's too ridiculous not to make the news. Well, that's Jim. why it's making the news is because it's something that people haven't come across. Is before. CNN but reporting it's on it? Still never been overturned, right? No, yeah, you have to look for it. You have you have to you actually have to be a little right of center. It. Yep, I would agree. So Fox News covers it. Mm-hmm. The Daily Wire covers it. You know, okay. like every the Guardian. But covers the reason it. that people are being so cautious about it is because it's something that's never come across before. Plus, these are high school athletes, like. You know, no matter what gender they identify as, they're still high schoolers, okay? And they don't necessarily appreciate the type of situation that they're creating. They're just trying to play a sport in the gender that they've they've uh, identified with, you know? And so that's where, like, the sticky situation is, is, like, how do you include these, these males or female competitors... But also, like, don't try and put them down or exclude them because you so, want them because you right you want but, them to feel wanted and and included. So you're kind of in the middle on it, though. You want to find a solution that is fair, where like the but the people that are fighting for the transgender people to compete are just like basically saying there's no difference. This th- there's no problem with this. Okay, let's restart there. Sorry, technical difficulties. Anyway, Gabe, you were just saying that, you know, there's a middle ground and then there's people who just want to blatantly across the board. Right. I, like the the people on the side that are, you know, quote unquote, transgender athlete activists are like, there's no difference. Sports were never fair. You know, they have all these phrases and it's like, I'm, I am with you. I, I don't want these people to feel excluded. I'm not like anti-trans. I'm not transphobic, whatever these buzzwords they want, buzzwords they want to label people. But like. It, you you at some point you have to stick up for women athletes and that's that's the position I'm coming from. I do not think it's fair to women, but that's their argument is that these are women athletes. But to what extent? I mean, it's like you I mean, went through male puberty. You can't you can't undo the past of being born a male. And at some right. point, isn't it dangerous? Like when you're talking about combat combat sports and. Hundred percent. It's dangerous. Hundred percent dangerous. Well, there was a there was a competition of a female. Or, uh, you know, now female transition. Her name was Fallen Fox. And mm-hmm. she broke her opponent's eye socket. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, it's very dangerous. And she wasn't, a, she wasn't a great competitor in the male sport either. No. Well, oh, she got beat. 
Yes, and this is this is my point. There's a reason we separate sport. So I agree with the whole you know argument on, I guess, behalf of trans athletes. Like, well, sports were never fair. You know, is it fair that Michael Jordan is like a genetic freak? No, <laughs> or Michael Phelps. Yeah, I will never be in the NBA no matter how hard I trained because of my genetic code that was desired at birth, right? Or there's a lot you could give countless examples, but at some point we separate men and women because that's like the fairest way to just break it into two categories and like mm-hmm. average, like high school boys can beat the women's soccer team at the Olympic level. There's a huge gap in performance in sports between men and women. There's mm-hmm. a reason there's a WNBA. There's a reason there's female weightlifting. We separate them for a reason. And so when average males can just say, I'm a female under these new rules where you will just have to do s- testosterone therapy for a year it's gonna. You're gonna have women who are working their asses off, who are the best of the best, losing or not even being recognized for it. What? <laughs> am I am I spot on, Katie, or am I? No, I 100 percent agree with you. Okay. I mean, I'm just waiting for Jim to. Play. I mean, oh you bring up a point that that there is no real equality between, you know, athletes in general. Right. Like yeah. you and I are completely different sort of body types yeah like, no matter you're, you're you're like diced and i'm chubby you know <laughs> i'm definitely not. <laughs> I'm definitely not yeah but i mean so there is there is that genetic difference between but here's here's where my argument would come in like there's already difference genetically between us and we don't really try and differentiate that except between levels of sport right so you have like the highest level of collegiate sports and you even even in high school you have different levels of high school competitors right right like you don't put you can play for naia and anything up to division one you have jv and varsity yeah you know and that's within a school but among your peers among your peers right but very few women can play at the varsity level, so to speak, in men's sports. And it and it, if they can, I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's you're essentially isolating women out of the sport if you're going to allow average males to dominate their leagues. Right. And and that's where I do see the discrepancy is like if there's definitely a competitor who came into the sport and they're just absolutely destroying their female competition. It's happening. Right. Right. But shouldn't like on a situation by situation basis, shouldn't you be able to say, okay, like this category is obviously not for you. You're too good to be playing. Plus you've had the, but she's a woman. How could you tell a woman she can't compete in, 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 in this transgender, or, you know, she's a transgender woman, but she's a woman. Like, were we going to kick LeBron James out of the NBA? Cause he's too good. Right. That, I mean, like, That's, no, we want to see the best play the best, mm-hmm. but it's not fair to women to let men like have a backdoor excuse to get in. I don't think they're trying to, like, make an excuse to get in. Like, like you don't not, see the slipper. It's already happening. There's a guy. There's a UK rapper called uh, Z- uh, Zuby. Right. Who just to prove a point said, I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is this is a guy. This is like a black dude. That's pretty lean he, i mean he's not like an athlete but he's a lean dude just a black dude with a beard that said hey i'm a woman and went and beat the woman uk woman's deadlift record just right. for shits and giggles doesn't excessively lift weights he's not a he's not a weightlifter in the men's and he just went and beat a woman's record mm-hmm. just just to prove a point and it's like it's not 
fair. <laughs> like, it's not going to end well. There's going to be plenty of credit. And I agree with a lot of the transgender athletes. They say, you're not scared of transgender people. You're scared of predatory men. I agree with that. But you still, within these rules, are opening the gates for men to do that. Right. And it's a slippery slope. And it's going to end nowhere good for Well, women. there's always a slippery slope, Gabe. It's always. It, they're going to, you know... They're going to try and restrict our guns, and then they're going to take them away. No, don't. don't. <laughs> That's how it starts, Gabe. That's how it starts. You're right. But There's we're not going to talk slope. about it. You're right, You let one trans athlete in, and then they all come in, and then all of a sudden there's no more females in the right. world. Well, like, I mean, the it, I think the bathroom situation, I think the sports category, I think the medical world. The bathroom situation. We're, I don't want to go down there, but it, oh, it was a hot. It was a hot topic. It was a hot. It topic. was a hot topic. It was because some people made it a hot topic. <laughs> some. What do you mean, you people? What no. do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't understand. You don't see how this could negatively impact women's lives. Um, I can see how it would negatively impact a few women's lives. Like, I mean. It's just How many beginning, trans though. It's just beginning, and there's already a it's deadlift record. It's just beginning. Okay, so imagine you're the woman from the UK, and mm-hmm. some rapper... I mean, granted, I think his intention was to raise Hall awareness of how ridiculous it was. Right. But uh, imagine just some average Joe comes and beats your record, and you, he is on the books. He, he made history, and no one's going to remember your name now. Yeah. That would suck. There's plenty of women already being victimized, and it's going to keep getting worse. Do you want the few? Okay, I'm going to ask Katie okay, this. Kate. I don't know if it's going to keep getting worse. Like, what's the actual percentage of transgenders in our country? Like, less than one percent. It ha- for now, yeah. Okay, so like, let, let's just so let one percent. That's still, a, and then how many of those transgenders are playing and competing in women's sports? Right, very. few. It's a very few number, but it's they're taking titles. It's they're enough. winning, yeah. but, but they're winning and they're taking but, titles, and that's where it gets. Like, the rules just change for the Olympics, though, Katie. Like, all you have to do is say I'm a woman. You don't even have to cut your dick off anymore. I mean, with, at least with, you have to be like one year into hormone therapy. Yeah. Right. That's a good point, though. Like, because they said so under the Olympic guidelines, you need to have one year of hormone replacement, and it well, needs you just to have be to under, get, yeah. and it needs to be under the. 10 nanomoles per per a liter, right? Yeah. And some men just have that already. Which I think is interesting because there are scientific studies that have proven that the decrease in male, um, the male benefits of basically having testosterone your entire life, the benefits of having that over the course of your life and then stopping it by using hormone replacement therapy for a year it only depreciates your strength and your physical abilities by about like a, a very marginal amount. Maybe like 5% is what I read. So, it, you know, your testosterone levels doesn't always determine how well you're going to perform in a sport. And that is, I think, a point of contention. Like, where did they come up with this year-long testosterone therapy? It's kind the of... The rules don't make sense. I mean, I think they just had to come up with something right. and go from there. It's just, it's it's a, it's a it's theater at this point. I, I could see how that if you've identified as somebody for a certain length of time, maybe three years or a much more longitudinal study that included like how much your your muscle mass and your physical ability decreases over a long period of time, not just a year. 
I could see that holding a little more water and weight to allow transgenders into Olympic sports. I could see that being a much more plausible, um, acceptable sort of situation. But it, but a trans activist would disagree with you and think that you're a monster for subjecting them to, you know, that they have to. There are definitely some that subject already their oppose. body to certain treatment just to prove that they're a woman when they were a woman the whole time, Jim. Mm-hmm. Well, what about athletes that are not trans but are going to be subject to um, scrutiny because they have male-like characteristics? You know, because a lot of these new laws that are coming out about transgendered athletes, uh, basically, I think in Florida, they came up with a policy or law that said, if you suspect that there's an athlete who might be transgender, you can kind of call them out, go through the process, and now they have to go through genetic testing in order to prove that they're not. And see, I think that's just going to be a total shit show for everyone. Absolutely. Right. Is that fair to the athletes who are just like female athletes who are just more masculine? No, that'd be horrible. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) wouldn't you be devastated? Oh my gosh, that would be take, oh, that'd be horrible. No. And there are people out Self-esteem there. Self-esteem killer. On on top of it's happened to a one girl who who they prove she has higher testosterone than like the average female. Caster Samania. Like and she was born a female, and she's just like better than everyone else. Well, her <laughs> in, case, in her in her yeah, she does have an X and Y chromosome, which is how most people determine your your sex. Was she intersex? Was she considered intersex? Then? Right, which That's, is like less than one percent. Again, yeah, it's but, another, it's but, 1% yeah. of the population, but it's enough to where it shows up, you know, consistently across, across sports. Mm-hmm. So it brings up the question, should these people be allowed to compete? And I think what they came up to determine, like her, uh, how they were going to let her compete was if she was on testosterone therapy, which she doesn't want to do. Right. Is that fair for her? Just because. I don't think so. I don't either. Yeah. I mean, it's. I don't think so. It, you get all these kind of gray, yeah. fuzzy areas no, it, that it, are just... No one has all the answers. Mm-hmm. No. But I definitely think that it's there's going to be men who take advantage of this. I mean, But, I mean, you already have females who have male chromosomes or male typical chromosomes. Right. That's the exception, not the rule, but yes. But, I mean, you know, if you allow them to compete, why wouldn't you allow... I don't think it's anyone's business, though, to do that kind of testing before you get to play a sport. I, I think it's weird that we even know that about these people. I mean, but don't you see how arbitrary that becomes? Well, everyone has a birth certificate. We know your gender. Or but your, you don't sex, do. But we don't. I, you, we shouldn't be doing deep scientific data on these people to know what chromosome they had. It's like. But yeah. she does have an X and Y chromosome, which would in most uh you know, to most of us that talk about this topic, we're just like, you have an X and Y, you're a man, you're yeah, a male. That, that's, that is definitely a good point you bring up. Mm-hmm. But, you know. So there's already an arbitrary point of contention. Listen, if you have a wouldn't vagina. Wouldn't you just already allow the rest of the if, people If you in? have a vagina, you're in the WNBA or you're LeBron James, okay? <laughs> Sorry. Like, this was getting too serious. I had to lighten it with humor. No, I mean, but it, I mean, like, that's what makes this topic so interesting is that. There's so many different variations that show up. It's whether, you know, you identify as a certain gender or you have a certain, you know, chromosome uh, set or even, you know, there's just all these 
points of contention that people don't really know about. We just assume that, you know, somebody is trying to get into a sport and take all the women's uh, medals. Katie, do you think that the rules could be changed to be stricter on the testosterone or, you know, how many, how many years you transition or to the level you transition for these athletes to be competing against women? Or like, what do you think the solution is? I don't know if I really have a solution. I just, <laughs> I can't get past the fact that you went through puberty as a male. <laughs> right. Like you went through puberty as a male, you are, have more lung capacity, larger hearts, larger hearts, bone. stronger bone structure. Yes. Yep. Like, right. At some point, it is just not fair. And I think it sets women's sports back to the 70s, which women's sports have come a long way. Right. They've battled a lot of things along the way, like the whole testosterone thing that happened in the 70s, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, like that. German athletes dominated for a long time because because they were doing testosterone, which we decided that's not fair. So then why are we doing this all over Mm -hmm. again? That's I feel like that's what's happening. Yeah. Right. So it's like... Is it on? Is it crazy to say should transgender have like a league of their own? Should there just be intersex leagues? Like we can't. I mean, these people have to have a place. To, no, I, I think sports was a very important part of my life growing up. I'm sure Jim. Oh yeah, sports was a big part. Obviously, you played till college. You coach athletes now. It's like sports is a big part of all of our lives. I don't want anyone, no matter who they are, whether they're transgender, to be excluded from sports. But it's like. You know, if you were born a man, could you just be a woman that plays on the boys team? Is that crazy to say? Is it crazy to just have intersex leagues? Which I think it's crazy to have intersex leagues when we're talking about less than 1% of the population. Well, no, when I say intersex, and maybe I'm using the wrong, I'm just mean it's like it's men and women play together. Yeah. I'm not saying oh, so I'm like not saying like hermaphrodites get together. Into- yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's that called? Co- co-ed. Co-ed. Yeah, co-ed. Yeah, co-ed. I'll be honest, I'm I I mean I play Softball in college, and but I I refuse to play co-ed softball. Why is that? Like slow pitch because men are stronger than women. I like mm. it is right. not very safe. Mm. I'm not about to subject myself to play infield. So the participation hits. would be weak. Have you seen? Oh yeah, have yeah. you seen a man hit a softball compared to a woman? Oh yeah, it goes. A good There's 200. a reason to separate them. Yeah, that's, that's my what I'm point. saying. Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I totally. Like, get I it. I refuse to play because of that reason. Like I'm not gonna. I will just get hurt. Right. Yeah. And and so you th- do you think it's important that women I think it really comes down to have a safety their own thing place. too. What? Yeah, absolutely. It comes yeah. down to a safety thing. And I just think this sets back women's sports to the seventies, which we've come so far. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think there is a middle ground where I like the idea of where you basically class out, you know, like not you know, you could, you brought up the the extreme that LeBron James is too good. So, you know, he can't play He is anymore. too good. But I like the idea of, you know, if you're in a female sport and if you, like you would have to elect in, but. Which, why would you? Sorry. I, mean, I would, I would never tell would one never of my girls to go play in a male because league. you are dominating our team. Mm-hmm. Like I would never do that. Right. Absolutely they want to be, they want to be the best. Yeah. And there's an honor and being the it. best woman. Yeah. Right. But what they, if, they have nothing to prove okay. after that. Here's a good question for you then, Katie. If you had a, a younger student who came forward and was like, Hey, I identify as this gender and I want to play on your team. I'm, I, I identify as female, you know, would, would you let them play? Like, would that be, 
It sounds like above my pay grade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just feel like I can't really make that decision. That's not really. Yeah. I mean, because you're making that decision for the all the kids that you already include on the team and for anybody like afterwards. So it's a really big decision to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's pretty daunting, especially like I wouldn't want to be in that situation. Like, do I let this potential you know, right. I mean, I'm an empathetic person. Like, right. I, I get like it. And I understand all the reasons of the other side of the argument. Mm-hmm. Well, is it, it's transgender can't. mental illness. I mean, like, are we, are we giving into their illusion? Mm, I mean, I think it has to depend on if it's harming them or not. Yeah. If I say the walls are talking to me, do you have to go? Yeah, gay. They are. Or if I go, I feel like a woman. It's like, yep, you're a woman. I mean, at some point, but is it damage? Like, you know, if, you think that the walls are talking to you. Is that harming you? Most would say yes. I would say yes. I mean, <laughs> you know, to- I mean, but I, I, I think at some point logic and reason and common sense became bigotry quote, like, like in quotes, like at some point we just like, where do we draw the line with people? Like what? Like we can't just let people live out their fantasies and like negatively affect other people's lives because we, we don't, we just can't say no. Or like this is ridiculous. That's something like we we're just it's gone too far. Yeah. What and scares it, me is the young age too. Like how young they're deciding it. Like are they going to regret that decision? Is this a decision that they're making because their friends are doing it? Are they going to be that's a good upset point. with their decision later in life? Be just because we're encouraging it. Like right. And no one wants to talk about this. Like I I do it. See, I completely ignore. I completely ignore it when like students say things. I don't even try to get into the. Into the weeds I'm, I'm scared. I am so scared. Of right, like you're just parents like, lashing back at me mm-hmm. or student lash back. Like I, no, thank you. Yeah, you I don't want to. Like, you don't want to get canceled. Tip. No, no way. <laughs> it's almost like they're the bullies. Mm. We, you know, it, I don't know what you mean it, by that. Well, I think the LBGTQ. Not, I mean, I'm not talking about individual gay people or trans people, but like I think that the, the organization is our bullies. I think they they have this victimhood status that now has like a, a following of like oh my gosh these people have endured so much and we got to back them and support them and now they there's no rules there's literally no rules like it like you can do whatever you want for some people and I feel like they created this I can't ask questions without right being you're scared right to. that's the I most damaging thing because I, I can't yes. ask a question yeah. I can't ask what does this mean you know. You know, like, why do you think that, you know, you should ask your kid if they came up to you and they're just like, I feel a certain way. Well, why do you feel like that? Is it because you have a friend who feels like that? Or is it because you've had these feelings for a long time? And then I would get attacked for questioning their decision. Yeah, they can retreat to their victimhood and and you you're a bigot. But (laughs) that's that's the world we live in. I'm telling you, like these people are wrong. If you ever want to know where do you know why we live in a world like that? Why? Because we've lived in a world before where that was absolutely unacceptable. And now the pendulum has shifted to being over acceptable. Does that make sense? No, no. I we no, no, always no. talk so, about so the pendulum swing. We do. No. And you're right. I, I don't disagree with anything you just said. Mm-hmm. So in an effort to pull the pendulum back to like a, a middle ground, I'm going to say things that might upset the people who are all about the pendulum yeah. swinging. And I think you have to. You have to be willing to do that if you're going to bring it back towards center. Right. We've, it's gone too far. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think we could have a whole nother episode about the, you know, body positivity movement. 
And then they call it something like the body positivity movement. So when you question, it's like, well, you hate body positivity? No. But at some point, you have to be able to call a spade a spade. And if you're morbidly obese, I don't think you should be in music videos on the cover of magazines glorifying it. Mm-hmm. I think models should be on the cover of magazines because they do something hard and we should accept like like they starve themselves and have an eating disorder and then we should reward them by putting them on a magazine. There's so many more things wrong with what you just said. Yeah. No. You know what I'm saying though? At some point we need to reward behavior that is a struggle and got you somewhere. You don't we think can't it's just a struggle re- to be a fat person? Well, as as a a fat person, as a person of weight, (laughs) I know it's a struggle to be fat, but I'm not asking to be in magazines or in music videos. Why not? Because I don't work my ass off in the gym to look good, so I don't think I should have pictures with my shirt off on the cover of magazines. But I appreciate the guys that put the work in to do so. Yeah, but they're getting on the magazines because they work hard. Yeah, and I think you should. It's almost like if you work your ass off, we should reward things that took hard work and dedication for. I think a, a guy, I think an average guy that goes, I'm a woman now, let me go weightlift and woman's weightlifting and wins a gold medal, I don't think that should be glorified. And if that makes me a bigot, I don't fucking care. Well, thank you, Gabe. <laughs> it's not hard. Welcome. I don't want to glorify something that's not hard. Like I said, this rapper Zugby literally just said, I'm going to weightlift and, and won. There's no cha- there's nothing there's no prestige in that. Katie, you said you played softball, right? Yeah. Did you come across any females that were like more masculine or maybe transgender? Not transgender, but definitely some females that were more masculine. Oh, okay. And out they were the studs. Masculine <laughs> females, oh, yeah, like- masculine females in softball? Get <laughs> out. Get out. Embracing the stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> what is that stereotype? Is it like lesbians? In, lesbians. Lesbians. Lesbians play softball. softball yeah. And like I mean, unicorns. Is that a thing? Yeah. Is it like um, in your so experience? In my experience, I did play softball one year. Um, I mean, more than that. But there was one year we had a roster of 30 and we had 11 lesbians in our team. Oh, okay. I mean, which doesn't bother me at all until they start dating. On the that team. Makes a little it's bad bit for the team. team right? dynamic. What yeah. if they yeah. date someone on the other team? Like a, like a rival team. You know what? That's never happened. <laughs> it, oh, it's had to happen. Maybe not on your team. I had tried to like, like hit on the other team like as we were playing. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Number seven. Oh, my God. Could you imagine being... <laughs> Could you imagine being in a, like, uh, a gay person in a sport and you're just looking at the other team like, man, he's got a sweet ass. No? Just me? All just right. you? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still... For some reason in the ath- in the men's athletics world, like I still feel like it's so normal to stay in the closet. And I don't know why... Like, there's got, like, like the UFC, there's no open gay UFC fighter, but I know there's probably at least three guys in the UFC that are gay. Mm -hmm. And it's just weird to me, like, that is, like, the last stronghold of, like, keeping it to yourself for some reason. I mean, I could see how you don't want that type of... Yeah, what would happen if you were, if you came out? Would people want to fight you? Well, it would depend on the league. And and Dana Dana White the oh, the president of the UFC said he has no problem with it. And then there's a there's a move uh, there's a show called Kingdom which starred Nick Jonas and the whole. Oh, I saw that. I and it was that about movie. yeah, it was yeah, Alvi. Yes. If anyone hasn't watched Kingdom, you got to go check. Go it. watch Kingdom. Kingdom's so good, but but the main storyline is that Nick Jonas is a is a pro in the closet MMA fighter who purposely stays in the closet out of fear of of not. And then it shows that like it gets out in like the later episodes and that you know they do meet resistance and that maybe is an accurate portrayal of how it would happen why not to ruin the ending yeah well i didn't know i know i'm but i'm I'm saying yeah yeah 
I didn't ruin the... You know, there's way more I could have ruined. I know. There's so I, much I was, more I, I could have ruined. I was being serious. Yeah. I wasn't sarcastic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, it is weird that there's not more openly gay male athletes in, like, the more, like, stereotypical masculine sports. I think you'll see more of it. No, I, I think... And I think we should. I think it should be totally accepted. You know what? It's just odd to me that you'll it's either not more normal. see more of it or it's going to become more of a non-issue because people accept it more. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a true. less like, of a, no one even like, it's not like yeah. it's some big yeah. deal coming out. It's yeah. going to be a passing thought, you right. know, just like, I'm gay. You know, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it should be. I that's actually, hundred percent how it should be. And I'm actually okay with that with trans too. I have no problem with, I don't think any of us do. No, I have no problem with it. Yeah. It's just when we're talking about sports, I think it can be dangerous. You, mm-hmm. you maybe give up some privileges by saying, Hey, I'm a man or I'm a woman. Now. Right. And I right. think, yeah, like, like you said, Caitlyn Jenner coming out, like that was, a huge thing for yeah. her coming out and saying, no, I do not think that though. She did kind of walk it back on Hannity but, on Wednesday night, but she's, I mean, she's like, it's, it's weird. You know, she was glorified as a hero when she came out as trans and then she came out as Republican and now everyone hates her. Even the trans, the trans community, the like, LBGTQ hates her. Yeah. It's almost like you have to have a group think and there's no individual thinking anymore. And they, you have to have a certain um, opinion. It's, it's crazy. Like, so Hannity actually asked her, on Wednesday, like her opinion on the trans um, playing sports. And she kind of didn't want to answer. Mm-hmm. She got a lot of backlash oh, yeah. from the first time. Yeah. So she didn't really want to answer. So she kind of danced around it and he tried to push again. And she goes, why? Why are you asking me this? Because I was, I played sports and I am trans like that. There's such more pressing issues out there. Like she has, like if you're talking about California, mm-hmm. California is a shit show. It's what? Not, what? what? Breaking news. California is a shit Laws show. that don't let you clean up the streets and then everyone just camps and does drugs? What could go wrong? And then all those people are going to move to Texas, Florida, and Tennessee and vote for the same policies? No. California? How could you, right. Katie? How could you talk bad about California? Oh, my goodness. So, no, that's what she was saying. No. It's like, I don't want to answer that question because I don't, like, no, I'm not going to do anything about it because there's more pressing issues in California. Right. Yeah. I deal with the sanctuary laws. I want to deal with the I respect her the for actually saying that. What, yeah. I, yes. Because she's basically saying I'm more than just an Olympic athlete that that is now a transgender icon and I, all my input is not about Being transgender. Trans. Yes, yeah. I'm more than just... That gained some points from Caitlin for me. I think it's interesting that she's running as Republican in the first place. I mean, I... I just never. Oh, oh, because if you're if you're if you're gay or or trans or or a minority, I mean, you, have to, you have to you have to you have to be for another party. You have to be for one party, Jim. That's um, identity politics, and I think that's definitely very, against the norm. I would say. No, but the norm sucks. And that's what the, she's saying too. <laughs> right. The norm the, sucks. She's like, I I don't. It, I mean, agree it surprises with policies me. on that. I don't. He's, that's what she was saying. Is I didn't agree with what her his policies of. Um, LGBTQ the community, but mm-hmm. I do agree with everything else. Less government involvement. No, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think Republicans necessarily solve that problem. Well, that <sighs> I I think the I think Rep- I've always said Republicans campaign like libertarians and and rule like Democrats. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Democrats are just openly like, "Hey, let's seize the means of production," and then college people vote for them. But yeah. it's like. <sighs> I have no optimism for the future of either party. No. But I mean, I think it's ridiculous that it's just one or two parties. Like you can't have choices in the most, you know, influential well, part of our it society. Wouldn't it wouldn't work. 
Well, I voted for the only female candidate in the last presidential election, so it's not my like it's not my <laughs> fault. Libertarian Party, start voting for them. Official stance on the Deep Thinkers Beer Drinkers podcast: vote Libertarian. <laughs> That's our official stance, right, Jim? Uh, I don't think we're going to. <laughs> I don't think we're going to co-align. I just wanted with to put you. I just wanted to put you in an uncomfortable situation. I, I don't vote for whoever the fuck you want. I don't. <laughs> Nothing matters to me anymore. Like. Common sense is labeled as bigotry. Like, you know what? I don't think, like, can you believe in 2021 if you go, I don't really think dudes should be beating the fuck out of women in sports and combat sports. And they're like, you're a bigot. You're a piece of shit. Like, that's what happened. The same people that disagree with me also think you should be able to give an eight-year-old puberty blockers. I compare that to the left-wing equivalent of right-wing people putting gay people through conversion therapy. I mean, what about eight-year-olds that... Should have uh, puberty blockers. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, you know how cue, I mentioned. Cue the point zero zero one percent of examples where it's I, a hey, medical you know condition. What? If it bring if it comes up, then you have to address it. Yeah, and I will let medical professionals deal with that. Okay. That hopefully don't have some kind of weird left wing agenda. Well, Gabe, but, I guarantee you that nobody's giving their kid puberty blockers without medical authorities nearby. Okay, but they're trying like. They, you think you should be able to give a kid a puberty blocker? It depends. Because he, on, yeah, depending on the situation. Because he thinks he's a man trapped in a girl's body? Potentially. Oh, Jim. I think that's too young to decide. Well, no. I think there's <laughs> definitely... I, Stop and, making I mean, sense, Katie. <laughs> Stop with the logic. Okay. You know, dependent on the age and the situation and, and you know... What age are you talking about? Then? I don't like, know. Like, what I, age is it okay? I don't, I don't know anything, anything about, like, when it's okay to start hormone therapy or masculine or feminizing therapy. Listen, like, when I was 16, which I still think is too young for, you know, puberty blockers or whatever, testosterone therapy, I thought birthmarks came from where your dad mushroom stamped you mm-hmm. in the womb. Okay, yeah. these kids should not be saying, oh, I think I'm something in someone else's body and then getting these pills that alter the future of their lives for good. But sorry, that's radical. I'm a radical for thinking. Yeah. I'm radical. Well, like you you remember how I brought up. Uh, what was her name? Cast Castra Casta the gal with the XY chromosome. Yep. Yep. I mean, what about kids with those type of intersex uh, situations. I mean, they, they typically do some form of uh, hormone therapy. Yeah, if it's a medical issue, but if it's, I mean, in it's the... not, it's not necessarily a medical issue. They could probably go without it, but they would prefer to have I, I, and hormones. I, I think that that's at the discretion on. of the doctor and the family. Okay, well then, why can't at the discretion of the doctor or the family if a kid is convinced that? You know, they're no, no, not the, part no, no. of the right where, I, where you lose me is when you say the kid is convinced. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where you're. But wrong. it's a subjective. Okay, but no, how no, else kid, would no, you no. be Kids' convinced? opinion on their bodies and needs is not subjective at eight years old to whatever eighteen. But they can definitely tell you what they're feeling. Yeah, and I don't need to act on it as a parent. Yeah, but right? what if they no? I mean, that but is what if something they do that test you do, and their in their level, their hormone levels are just fine, hunky dory. Or they're in the they're in the sweet spot, and they're like, "Well, I want to be a girl." What if they and, have female anatomy, but they're the okay? But if, that's not at the child's discretion. But they want feminizing hormone. No, so it's a want, not a need, at this point, from what you've described. But 
I, you could argue that everything's a want versus a need. You know, anybody could go through life, you know, having androgynous. No, or, diabetics uh, need insulin, right? To, right, to save their life. Yes. So none of this is life-saving measures. It's... It's but, about but, mental. But, but what if what if the what if the woman you you described or her kids have some kind of condition where they get you know puberty blockers or some kind of hormone treatment that that stops like potential health risks? You know, it's unhealthy to have. a I hormone mean, there's always going to be a health risk no matter what you're taking. If you're taking right, a beta blocker, the there's some form of health risk that goes along with that. If a healthcare professional who has no agenda finds some kind of issue with hormone levels in a child and goes, mm-hmm. you know what, I think we need to get ahead of this by doing XYZ. Right. There's no problem with that. Okay. The problem is some, you know, Karen ass mom and the kid who's confused as fuck because any mom that yells okay, at Okay, but someone, you always say that they're confused, but what if they're convinced? What do you mean? How do you know the difference of it? Like, they're 10 or 11. I'm telling you that's when they're going through puberty, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now because of I mean, but how do you know milk, I mean, I probably didn't go through puberty till like 18. I'm kidding. Guys, these are jokes. I'm trying to like this is getting heated, not heated, but you know, no, we're but tense. I, I'm pressing the issue here. Like, Jim and I are Jim and I are gonna wrestle after this. This is heated. <laughs> no, I'm no but, but I'm uh, pressing the issue. What what if like the kid has consistently said throughout I don't you know their young years the that said. they kids feel are not consentable people with developed minds that know okay. shit. Yeah. At some point, the adults need to be the adults again. That's okay. the problem. And as kids an adult, do, we gave kids opinions and platforms, and now Greta Thornburg fucking tells people what to do. And it's but there's fucking nothing that says you weird. But there's nothing that says that you can't go off of hormone replacement therapy, Gabe. You can stop taking the hormone replacement therapy. Does that have any mental effect on? Somebody? I mean, you know, I, no I, matter I, I what, I don't know how it wouldn't. To be honest, I don't know how that wouldn't. I mean, there's always going to be, listen, if you're talking to a child who is questioning their, their gender, there's probably already a mental aspect that they're having to deal with, you know, hormones aside. Right. So whether you can attribute that to hormone levels or replacement therapy, you know, that's kind of up to the discretion of the medical professional that's taking care of them. If they think that, you know, that's having some effect on their cognitive abilities. Like, I mean, I'm just saying that there probably are issues, Gabe, where some of these kids could safely go through and explore their gender, you know, and it's not necessarily un undoable. I just wish they can explore their gender without giving them anything that changes them biologically. I mean, some some probably do for a time. And if they make it to the end of that and they're just like, I still want to go through with hormone replacement. Then wait till you're. I mean, but why would you older? You could you could wait till you're older, but I think there's something that's lost if you don't do it when you're in a certain kind of age range. And you know what? For what did, for years I, I, and or, centuries, we've been just getting along just fine without I was saying, it. Kate I and mean, Jenner went plenty long, and she's fine. Mm, she doesn't regret. She doesn't regret doing it earlier. Like she, I mean, she's happy that she waited until her have to kids are. She said it on her interview. Is she's ha- she waited till her kids were like? Was it a struggle? Yes. Right. It was a huge struggle, but she waited till her kids were grown and they didn't need her anymore. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, there's a difference it was still between because she even said like, "What well, I sat down with my pastor and I was very scared. Like, am I gonna get, like when that day comes and I wait at the 
pearly gates of heaven. Like, are you going to let me in? in. And she still struggles with that daily. Mm -hmm. And that is that heart that breaks my heart. The fact that she has to struggle with that thought daily as a Christian, but she waited and now she's doing it for her. Mm -hmm. Hear, Hear me out guys. Call me crazy. What if as a society, we just embraced individuality and we didn't have to like believe in labels, Chafiel, you know, and like if you want to dress, if you're a dude and you want to wear dresses or act feminine or do like, why don't you just be you no matter what parts in plumbing you were born with? Mm-hmm. And if you have the money to like rearrange stuff down south, cool. But if not, like, why don't you just be you and embrace your individuality as a unique person? Whether you believe you're, you know, the Big Bang started all or you believe in God, whatever you believe in. Like, why don't we just all believe in individuality and uniqueness and not have to put a label on everything? Oh, I'm glad you say that, Gabe, because there's probably some people who want to be individuals and unique and still get gender reassignment su- surgery or have hormone replacement. And, and, that, and you know what? I support that. Absolutely. If you do it on your own dime and own time. And just as not, like not children. Because okay. once they win the you sports. You should be care- careful with children. I do agree with that. Once you, once you they win the sports cautious. debate, wait till it's publicly funded. You know, sex reassignment. I'm telling you, these people are insane, though. Not the, not the individual you trans people. You always hear people. about these people. No, no. The, the, the LBGTQ, the activist of all this stuff, they will never stop. It's yep. going to keep. No, the, the, I, I'm, I think it's crazy enough that we're even having this talk. That we're even having the talk. Like, should we let men beat the fuck out of women in sports? And you're like, I don't know, Gabe. I mean, you know. That was never my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, to me, I guys, I can't even take the conversation. Like, I, the fact that, like, there is a number of people who are even willing to defend the other side is in, it's just asinine to me. It's so common sense. And the next thing is going to be publicly funded reassignment surgeries, which you have to pay for it yourself. And that's why I think it's only a rich person problem. But then it's like <laughs> now there's going to be a campaign. It's like it's a human right to have a surgery if you're poor and you think you're a girl. And it's like in third world countries, do you think they have and this problem? And we're back to the slippery slope. Yeah. And we're still only talking about one percent of our population. Like there's bigger issues. Well, but I mean, we're going to cover that today, though. I mean, we no, could, I'm not saying that. I just, yeah, no, I, I think we've, we've covered 1% for now. But what if it goes to 2%? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Do you well, think we've. Do you have any other. Do you have any other thoughts, Katie, on the issue? No, I think we covered it. Okay. No. Well, uh, do you have. Do you want to shout out your Instagram or anything unique or anything coming up? Is there anything. Fun fact. I'm just leaving it open for you to say no, whatever I know you what want to say. No, I think I have enough friends. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> good Katie call. has too many friends. I'm happy with my The friends. positions have been filled. <laughs> Do not hit her up on social media or Instagram because she will not respond. <laughs> That's what I got out of that. Basically. <laughs> All, All right. right, Jim. Yeah, this was fun. I, I just want to say I love you, Jim. I Jim and I do too. love each other. Yeah. But he loves to push my buttons. I love to push his buttons. He push his buttons right back. Oh, oh I know. Yes. That's why this works. This is fun. Yeah. I enjoyed this conversation. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, Katie, thanks for being here. Thanks Katie, for coming in. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And if anybody has any comments, questions, if you guys want to hear another topic or Send want us to hate mail. yeah if you want I, to you know what i can take it i'm good for it send the hate mail and honestly if you disagree with me 
We'll invite you in. If you, if you really believe against everything I said, we will actually have you on. Go ahead and two. email us at thinkanddrinkpodcast.com. Or, fuck. I, I fucked that up. <laughs> email us at thinkanddrinkpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. Everybody have a good night. Bye-bye. That was fun. That was fun.